Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. March 6, 2021. Cheesecake. The Alamo. Russian spies. The mafia. And a really old chicken McNugget. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily podcast. Or, it might be part of a double-blind study conducted by the CIA, effectively an extension of old mind control studies like MKUltra. If you don't like it, please continue to listen anyway, so that our data gathering is not compromised. Hi. And hello. How's it going? Well, just spanky, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was looking for an adjective, that's all that could come to mind. Um, for anybody watching, you can verify that's uh, it's an innocent word. Yes, it's closely akin to pulling a boat. <laughs> I suppose. I was not expecting that. You probably weren't expecting me to be so chipper and cheerful either. I was not. You've done a, a stellar job of agitating me over the course of the last couple hours, just purposefully prodding and digging at me. Yep. Um, I'm exhausted now. I'm thankful that before I did all of that, you had mental energy to... I did this after. Did you? Yeah. In the midst of agitation? Yeah. Okay, well, if there's an agitated energy that transforms, transcends, transmutes through this episode to you, awesome today, fam, it is my fault entirely. I will own that. You sure? Okay. Absolutely. Um, it's March 6th, mm-hmm. and it is Saturday as you listen. It's Friday as we record, and it's been a it's been a tiring week. Um, I'm having to really do some things to fabricate a little energy to trick myself into believing I'm not tired. I know you're tired as well, mm-hmm. but uh, that's all we're going to talk about that because now we're spanky. Yeah, that's right. Put on that spanky energy. Here we go. It is National White Chocolate Cheesecake 
day. Listen, before we recorded, we were deliberating. Should we record? Mm -hmm. You're exhausted. I'm in pain. To reference a euphemism from yonder days, I have some plumbing problems. Hmm. <laughs> Can you believe people used to say that? I can't believe you just said it. Well, who cares? I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's hilarious that people used to call it plumbing problems. Yes. Anyway, when you told me it's National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day, I knew we had to we had to record today for the sheer fact of this because you, my friend and my dear, my mm -hmm. love, <laughs> you make the best, hands down, inarguably the best white chocolate cheesecake. Okay. Well, thank you. It's criminal how good your white chocolate cheesecake it's is. It's super easy. I don't want to hear that noise. It is a delight. It is decadent. It's rich. Okay. It's super damn hard. Okay, good. Especially, nope, not going to say it. All right. Um, it's super hard, though. You make it so well. It's easy. Is it really? It's easy. Okay. I will give you the entire recipe right here. Me personally? You personally. Let's hear it. And whoever else wants to hear okay. it. Okay. You need, you need the large springform pan for this. You will want to invest in a springform pan. They have them at Walmart. You're only going to use it ever to make, make cheesecake. cheesecake. It's but worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. You get the you get the big in that they make, and if not, then get a couple, get several, whatever. And quite honestly, this usually makes enough batter that besides what fits in the springform, we squirt it into a cupcake tin yeah. and have a bunch of minis as well. Yeah. Um, but inside that springform, and I don't measure stuff much okay. okay so if you want to go try to figure out measurements that's on you but i take uh i melt a stick to a stick and a half of butter for this and then i dump a whole bunch of graham cracker crust crumbs and then i'll take i don't know maybe a couple cups of either almonds or walnuts and run those through the food processor and dump that in there as well mm -hmm. you need enough butter you pour that in and mix as you go with your hands use your hands don't be a big pansy about it use your hands get down in there you need to know the consistency and it needs to be able to be something that would stick to the spring form you got to grease the spring form then you press all that in there and then i think I think it's around 325, 350 range. You want to go six to eight minutes just to lightly toast that. And that's your crust. Make it thick, grundly delicious goodness. Knock it'll it'll crumble, it'll make crust. a mess. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Do it. Um, for the cheesecake itself, get five blocks of cream cheese. Use at most a quarter cup of sugar. Now, most recipes are going to call like for a cup and a half. Don't do it. You'll you'll get sick. Mm -hmm. At most, use like a, a quarter cup of sugar. Mm -hmm. You want to use probably, I'm guessing here, because I, again, I don't measure often on these things, um, probably two tablespoons of like real vanilla. Not the little tiny bottles of vanilla essence, fakery. But right. Good vanilla uh, extract stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Then you probably want about a shot of spiced rum. Okay. Then you want to take two bars of white chocolate. Not the Hershey, Hershey's white chocolate uh, cookies and cream crap, but actual 
white chocolate. You like to get the Ghirardelli, right? Yep, that's a pretty good white chocolate. Even the ones that are like filled with gooshy white chocolate inside the white chocolate, they work too. Mm -hmm. Create yourself a double boiler on the stove. So you've got a saucepan full of water with a bowl over it or something, uh, glass uh, Pyrex measuring cup or something inside of it that you can fit that in there to melt it without scorching it. Mm -hmm. And you get that melted and you're gonna incorporate that in. Um, I usually use four whole eggs okay. and two egg yolks. Oh, you got fancy with the separatings. You need the density in there. Okay. So you, you'd start out with the, if you've ever looked at it, same order of any cheesecake recipe. You'd start out with the cream cheese, hopefully room temper. You're going to have a mess on your hands. Mix in just that little bit of sugar. Pour in your, your vanilla and your rum. Mix that in. And then you're gonna add your eggs one at a time. Mix, add, mix, add, mix, add. And then finish it off adding in that melted white chocolate. Mix all that together. Pour it in the spring form. Pour the leftovers in muffin tins and go to work. Um, from there, I don't know, read, read a recipe on how long to cook it because it's a guessing match for me every time. I'm not a cook. It's one of you're the few things a, I cook. You're not a baker. Yeah. You are definitely okay. a cook. Fair enough. Uh, whatever. I'm not a. I'm not an oven user unless it's slow cooking <laughs> brisket or ribs that yes. I just finished on the smoker and I want to get them a little more tender. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is. It is incredible. If you want to get uh, fancy with that, you could puree some raspberry and swirl yeah, that in. Oh or if Lord. you just want to serve raspberries over it plain, or make a, a raspberry mm. butter sugar syrupy mm. gooshness. That that's all good. In the hol at the holidays, you've been known to, instead of doing raspberries, use cranberries mm -hmm. fresh, and then you make yep. a puree somehow and sugars that I don't. I don't puree them. I, if I've got uh, two bags of cranberries, I will put one in a saucepan with a stick of butter and just let that go until it kind of self-purees in there. I might mash a little bit mm -hmm. um, to get a little bit more... Like a pie filling consistency. Yeah. I throw a whole cup of sugar in that. Yeah. Uh, at least a little bit of vanilla still because okay. that's good in there. And then I'll throw in the, the second bag, not let it go nearly as long so that there's a little bit more texture in it. Yeah. A little berryness to it. Yeah. It's a nice, potent, sour thing alongside the very sweet. Yes. Yeah. So happy National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. Indeed. Aren't we happy there is a day? Mm -hmm. Hey, if it's your birthday today, first of all, happy birthday. Mm -hmm. You share it with Dick Fosbury. What? Now, he is the creator, but the name like Dick Fosbury, how could he not be, of the Fosbury flock. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not some kind of grotesque reference to what happens when you run naked. Right. I didn't write it's this. It's a different kind of flock. Yeah. Rather, it was a unique new way of doing a high jump in track and field. Mm -hmm. In 1968, using his new method, he won Olympic gold in Mexico and set a new world record. Now, today, it, it was innovative back at the time. Today, yep. it is the most popular high jumping technique. So, so he was the only one that used it yeah. in the 68 Olympics. He knocked out the competition. In the, the next Olympics mm -hmm. that happened, I, it was roughly half of all contestants utilized his method. And now everyone's doing it, that Fosbury flop. only gotten bigger since. Everybody's flopping all over the high jump. Pad. Yeah, exactly. High jump feels terrifying to me. But mm -hmm. also it's incredible to think about what human bodies can do. It is. Hey, if it's your birthday also... 
you share it with Italian Renaissance artist and one of the great geniuses of uh, humanity, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Michelangelo. Little known fact creator of the Michelangelo flop, which in <laughs> fact was what happens when you run naked. <laughs> Through the streets of Italy? Wherever you may choose to run. I thought for sure you were bringing in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles joke. So no, I, no, they I, were technically naked. Just yeah, their shells. Yeah, they've got the shells and the headbands and that's it. Mm -hmm. I think there might have been wristbands too, but mm. you know, mm -hmm. wristband doesn't cover much mm. unless you hold your arms strategically. Just right. Well, 1836. Do you remember the Alamo? Remember the Alamo! You should remember the Alamo. Today is the day that it fell to Mexican General Santa Ana after a 13, 13 with a D or 13 with a T. You choose that many days of a siege. Mm. Now, you don't hear much about sieges anymore. I don't. Yeah, at least not in our country. I'm sure there's sieges going on around the world. You think? Yeah, I feel like there probably are. I don't know. Don't be so U.S.-centric. Why not? That's who I am. Well, can I tell you something? If you'll back off and let me be who I am. <laughs> okay, you be who you are. I will literally never forget the Alamo. We've been there a couple of times because we lived I found Pee Wee Herman's bike there. <laughs> I rode it. I got in trouble. We lived close by, but my very first, I feel like I maybe have told this before. I don't care. I'm telling it again. This is how prolific this was to me. My very first trip to the Alamo, I was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. You know this story. I do. I was there on a choir trip, quote unquote choir trip. You know, a little trip you get to go on and do a little competition singing, but it's mostly for the fun times. And to make out on the bus. Did I make out on the bus? I know you There's did. High possibility, I did. I know you did. I've um, heard the stories. So we were in San Antonio. I was. I couldn't wait to go to the Alamo. I was born in Texas. My dad's whole side of the family is from Texas. I grew up with Texas. Her dad died at the Alamo. No. <laughs> no. I grew up with so much Texas love and lore. Not during the siege, by the way. No, no, no. <laughs> he got a jalapeno stuck in his throat. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> My dad's still alive, but that actually could ha That's probably how he'll die. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, we. So big thing about going to San Antonio, you're going to see the Alamo. In my mind. I was not a child. I was a young woman of 16. Mm, childish. In my mind, I thought we were going to drive out into the Texas wilderness. I didn't even know what the Texas hill country was at the time, but I thought we would be out in the wilderness and you drive up in a clearing and uh, here's the Alamo. No, sir. The Alamo is in the middle of town. There's malls. Yeah. There's churches. There's everything. Like people right are just walking around. Tito's Liquor and the Triple X Bookstore. Right? Nope. I don't think that's down there. But it's the Riverwalk. Like, it's so busy. It's, like, right there. I thought we were going to, like, basically hike out into the Texas wilderness to experience the Alamo. You don't... You, it, it's in the middle of San Antonio. It's so urban and so there. I will never forget that. It was honestly one of the first great disillusionments of my life. Did you stop at the blacksmith shop to have your shoes re redone for your horses? <laughs> I wanted to. Okay. There's lots of touristy stuff around it. I was so bummed, but although I will say, if you're in San Antonio, you should go to the Alamo. So <laughs> you're be prepared. You're a Texan. I am. Is it the the famous knife 
from the famous man who was at the Alamo. Is it a Bowie knife or a Bowie knife? I mean, I say Bowie knife, okay. but what do I know? Well, you're born in Texas. You damn sure better know. Okay. Or you can't, you can't keep pulling that card out and waving it around. Oh, I'll pull it out to the day I die. I was born there in Houston in June. Mm -hmm. I earned it. I don't know. Well, my mother earned it. Your mother definitely would have earned it, yes. <laughs> now, this is a, a lot of information. I okay. hope you're ready to talk because I'm going to quietly sip my drink and belch like mm. an ape. This is me? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, you guys. Should have paid attention earlier, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of flipping shit my way. I don't know if anyone needs to buckle up, but apologies in advance for my allergy-ridden voice, okay? Are you ready for this? I wrote it. How could I not be ready? 1951. This is the beginning of the Rosenberg trial. By the way, when we were going through notes, you're like, Rosenberg trial, I couldn't find that much. Okay. There's literally pages of notes. Uh, there's not pages. There's paragraphs. Like four paragraphs, and one of them's like a single sentence, maybe with a paraphrase right. sentence afterwards. Well, if you're... Fragment. Sentence fragment. If you're vaguely familiar with mid-American uh, history, especially Cold War era history, espionage, you know about the Rosenberg trial. Julius Rosenberg and Ethel Rosenberg. They were married. Why didn't you just put Julius and Ethel Rosenberg? Um, you wanted to give Ethel Rosenberg her own yeah, agency just in this? Yeah, trying not to be patriarchy here. Okay, well... Would you prefer I say Ethel Rosenberg and her... Her Fosbury flop husband, Julius? No, but I'm thankful that you did not write Mr. and Mrs. Julius Rosenberg. Can because I... they were doctors. Were not, they? No, I, oh. don't, they, I don't think so, no. Okay, well, they were American citizens, and they were convicted of spying on behalf of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Now, this couple was accused of providing top-secret information about radar, sonar, jet propulsion engines, and valuable nuclear weapon designs. Yeah. At the time, the United States was... Not nuclear. Yes. Nuclear. I only... I said nuclear because you've written it very clearly in the Yeah, notes. I spelled it how it's spelled, so it's clear. Yes. I also am prone to saying things like nuclear. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And envelope. That's a perfectly fine pronunciation of that word. Uh, at the time, the United States was the only country in the world with nuclear weapons. They were convicted of espionage in 1951. This day. Not the nuclear weapons, the Rosenbergs. Right. I said this I day. just wanted to clarify that. This That's was, who was convicted. Okay. Well, this was the beginning of their trial, but later in 1951, they would be convicted. They were executed by the federal government of the United States in 1953 in the Sing Sing Correctional Facility in Ossining, New York. Ossining. I don't know. Austin. I just know what Sing Sing is. I never yeah. knew it was in a place called Austin. Austin. Okay. That's, that's one of those words you can just keep saying. You know what it reminds me of? What, baby? Is the uh, whatever crap. Now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of the show. Um, you can't think of it. Middle, middle Ages stuff. I don't know. Never mind. One of the characters was both affectionately and derogatorily referred to as Assling. Oh, okay. Which I find hilarious. Okay. Well... So let's just call it Assling New York. Okay. To keep uh, really driving home the, the hilarity of the Rosenbergs being federally executed, 
They became the first American civilians to be executed for such charges and the first to suffer that penalty during peacetime. Yes, because we were in the 50s done with World War II. For anybody that's not polished highly on their dates, it was over. I mean, we were done with World War II, but it was just the beginning of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. Now, which is ridiculous feeling because Russia had just been yeah. our allies except for this uh, spying nonsense. We were the only people that had nuclear technology, atomic technology yeah. even, I think, at the time. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they were interested. Of course, yes. Other convicted co-conspirators sentenced to prison included Ethel's brother, David Greenglass, who made a plea agreement. Was that uh, the middle Brady daughter's pretend boyfriend? That was George Glass. George Glass, my yes, mistake. very close, but not quite there. Harry Gold, Morton Sobel, Sobel. Something. There's a picture of him. He looks like a fun dude. If you go okay. to the Wikipedias and look it up, and you should, yeah. he looks like a fun dude. Pretty now, wild clothing. Okay. It was the 50s. Oh, in the 50s even, he was busting out that oh, yeah. wild clothing. I think it was because he was super smart and not super trendy, and sometimes super smart people struggle a little bit on the trends. Sure, sure, sure. I get it. Now, Klaus Klaus Fuchs, Klaus Fuchs, a German scientist that was working in Los Alamos, was also convicted in the United Kingdom. This was a time of a lot of... Uh, a lot of convictions. A lot of convictions, but a lot of communist terror. You know, everyone's uh, worried about who might be a communist. A pinky. It's... Uh, the Red Scare. It's not an unwarranted concern. I'm very familiar with the Cold War. You yeah, are. Because I helped you. I came alongside you and helped you as a human being as you worked on your master's. You had to take a class in Cold War. I took a class during the Cold War. <laughs> It's true. We've mentioned before that I married someone much younger than me. <laughs> okay, now for decades, the Rosenberg sons, Michael and Robert Mirapol. Yes, they changed their names. Well, I would too. And many other defenders maintain that Julius and Ethel were innocent of spying on their country and were victims of Cold War paranoia after the fall of the Soviet Union. Much information concerning them was declassified, including a trove of decoded Soviet cables, uh, like telegraph. Is that what a cable is? Yeah, think of it like memos. Yeah. Okay. Those were all under the code name Venoa, Venona, 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 which detailed Julius's role as a courier and recruiter for the Soviets. Ethel's role was an accessory who helped recruit her brother David into the spy ring. She worked in a secretarial manner. It was hard for him to leave the Brady girl. Yeah. Things were just getting interesting. Yes. But much like our own relationship, he was old, she was young. Yes. Writing was on the wall. It wasn't going to work. Right. Well, Ethel's over here in the secretarial manner typing up documents, thanks patriarchy, for her husband that were given to the Soviets. Now, in 2008, mm -hmm. much more recent history, the National Archives of the United States published most, most of the grand jury testimony related to the prosecution of the Rosenbergs. Most means mm -hmm. not Not all. all. And there, there are not an, not an insignificant number of inconsistencies yeah. in terms of early reports, and then actual testimony, and on and on. Um. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And I feel like this is really the effect of the matriarchy. The you know, oh, yeah, okay. sure. unwillingness to stick with a story. That makes sense. Um, totally. That's what adjusting so that you're always the victim. Right, right, right. right. That type thing. But no, that, the other part, the other part's true. Although this part is too, but the other part's true. <laughs> um, and so it does make it look like perhaps the sons Rosenberg mm-hmm. may have had a claim of legitimacy that uh, their parents were scapegoats. Okay, I believe it. There's there's a lot of details as well along the lines of just understanding that the, the bulk of the information that was shared was worthless anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, Cold War paranoia, that was a real thing. The Red well, Scare was a real thing. Just like California, or no, it wasn't California. It was... Uh, is it Washington State or was it California? It was California. It's the Battle of California. We just talked about. Yes, that's We're, right. We shot at a UFO and thought it was the Japanese. Yeah, listen. Jitters, war jitters. Humans will do some real human things. Yeah, yeah. Well, case in point, 1965, in the northern, no, in the Northland, Bushland, which I didn't know. This was capitalized in the thing I read. Northland, Bushland. Okay. In Canada. And Canada, uh, you don't have to name it where it's kind of rhymy. That's a little weird and it's hard to say, but I'm going to let it slide. In any event, there are 20 officers in the midst of a manhunt. Mm-hmm. 20 officers. That's a lot more than, say, two That's, by a factor of 10. It's not a small number of officers, yeah. okay? Uh, evidently, three men armed yeah. had robbed a private home and then they'd taken off in a stolen car Big high-speed chase ensues, and they're they're pushing further and further into the Northland Badland. Okay. They had a hostage. Oh man. And that's just good planning. I guess. If you're, you know, take the hostage. If it ends up that you don't need him or her, you just open the old car door and scoot them on out the edge. <laughs> there, uh, it's it's fine. It's fine. But they ended up. It was helpful, I yeah. assume, to have the hostage. Uh, it would not allow pursuing apologists, which is what the Mounties are known as, uh, right? Mm. No, maybe. Right. Now, anyway, it would prevent followers from just willy-nilly firing gunshots at you because, my gosh, man, the hostage. Think of the hostage. Think of the hostage. So they reach a point. They bail out of the car. They leave the hostage behind because, hey, 
Now you're just dead weight. You're slowing us down. Right. And they disappeared into the thick brush. Gone. Gone. They never were arrested? Not that I could find record of. You know who they got their uh, their ideas from? Uh, well, plainly me. D.B. Cooper. Well, except that there was no airplane or... No airplane, but disappeared never to be heard from again. Yeah, but Cooper didn't take a hostage. He that should we, have. That we know of. He could have. He could have strapped a hostage onto him, jumped out, and been like, okay, I don't need you. Cut them loose from him. So well, that that's terrifying. That's good planning. That's good planning. I was trying to bring it back around to D.B. Cooper. Okay. Because I'm American-centric. Why wouldn't you be? You're an American. I am. Well, I'm a Texan by birth. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> just think of ugly things to say while you share this next thing. All right. Well, in 2009, in New York, two former police officers have been sentenced to life in prison on being convicted of eight murders. Yep. Police officers commit murder in New York. That's the best place to be if you are a murderous police officer. From what I'm told. From what I'm told. Okay. There was it is the, what is it, the world's third largest standing army? What? The New York, the NYPD. I did not know that. I think that's right. I could be misquoting, but I think that's right. Okay. Well, also, there was a serial killer that was on Long Island. The Long Island something. I'm bad at true crime. What are you talking about? Because I love it. I don't know. I'll probably give it a side view here in a minute. But these, the, let's get back to the police officers well, yeah. who are doing the murdering. Stephen Carapaccia. Possibly. He was 67 when he was arrested. And Louis or Louis Eppolito. I'm guessing it's Louis. Louis? Yeah. Big Louis Eppolito, 61. They were secretly on the payroll yeah, of New York's Lucchese Crime family. Yes. If you're going to be on the mob's payroll, you got to keep it a secret. I don't care if you're a police officer secret, or whatever. And you need to pick one of the big five families. Yes. Otherwise, what's what are the you point? doing? What, what are you doing? The, the small potatoes. Yeah. Now, they were convicted in 2006. Their sentences had been delayed. There was no possibility of early release. They are said to have earned $4,000 a month on the payroll of the mob. And they had orchestrated murders as well as passed along confidential police information. They were dubbed the Mafia Cops. Mafia Cops. I think they're both dead now. I think both of them died in prison. I feel confident. That's yeah. a, I mean, that's not uncommon yeah. to die in prison. Yep. Um, but I, I do think it was semi-natural causes. Um, yes. You know that here on Awesome Today, we love... Prison death? Not that, but we do love to talk about the Mafia. Okay. So come for the flat earth theory, stay for the mafia is what uh, I like to say. Theory, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty twelve. A woman from Nebraska sold a three year old chicken McNugget on eBay. That makes me want to throw up. She made eight thousand one hundred dollars. What? You still throwing up? I mean, not for her. The thought of a three-year-old chicken nugget still makes me want to throw up. But... Well, I don't imagine that it's probably eaten. Okay. If that makes you feel any better. Mm. Um, eBay's normal rules did not, in fact, permit the sale of expired food. Thank Good goodness. for you, eBay, yeah. holding up the... Hold people. the line, eBay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can sell old butt-chugging equipment, but not old food. Yes. Whew. Yeah. So... They eased off in this instance when they found out that she was selling 
the McNugget to raise money to send children to summer camp. Why the high price? The McNugget resembled George Washington. I feel skeptical about that. And in fact, I don't believe it did. I looked it up. I looked at pictures. I see what they're pointing to. I do. But it requires far more imagination than it does Chicken McNugget to see George Washington. There. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I can't validate this, verify this. I'm thinking somebody found out she was doing this to send kids to summer camp and they just made a charitable donation and got a, a McShitty nugget. I hope they promptly threw that three-year-old McNugget in the trash. I would prefer putting it in a slingshot. Okay, that's fair. I like that too. It makes it more exciting. Yep. Yep. If you're going to pay $8,100 for a three-year-old nugget, you may as well do something fun with it. You know, it should tell us something about chicken McNuggets if three years after the fact it hadn't disintegrated. Listen, I have cleaned out my vehicles in prior days, found nuggets that I'm like, I'm unsure of how old this is, but it's yeah. more than a year old. Let's do this. Let's feed Nico chicken McNuggets and see if he passes them whole. <laughs> if he does, we'll know. There's something amiss here. Okay. He'd love that, by the way. Passing a nugget hole? No, he'd love to eat some nuggets. Okay. I was going to say, you you really took Nico to a dark place there. <laughs> um, we have two trendings. Yeah, we do. Number one, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. Okay. She has proposed, and it's not the first time, mind you, uh, she also proposed this during a, her failed presidential run. Yeah. Um, she's proposed an annual 2% tax on individual net worth between $50 million and $1 billion, or 3% on net worth above $3 billion. And understand that I'm saying net worth, not earnings. Net worth. How net much worth. you're worth total. Yeah. In totality. And so... This is, yeah, it's just adding together the value of your stuff and things. And whatever that is, you owe money just because you own it. But we already have property taxes. We already have taxes on every kind of real asset that there is. There's taxes on that already. And she's pr proposing yet another at this rate. Um, just as one example, 2020 tax year, Elon Musk would have ended up owing an additional $4.6 billion in taxes. That is not a small amount. So do you think this is a good idea? Um, I would think that if that were to become a, a taxation system here, that most people with money would take their balls and go, I was going to say go home. And go they, do a Fosbury flop? Yes. Yeah. That's Fosbury flop right out of here. It's amazing how people that don't have a net worth above 50 million, um, in her case would be so eager to, it's, it's a penalization. It's a, it's a punishment mm -hmm. for doing well, for employing my gosh, how many people is he employing or Bezos? How many people is he employing or Microsoft what? or Facebook or yeah. these are all people who would be impacted by this. Mm -hmm. We're going to punish them for that. And and yet another perspective, and call me Ron Swanson if you want. Okay, Ron Swanson. If Elon Musk has managed to, or any of these people, they've managed to build businesses to the degree that they have, 
that make as much money as they do, that employ as many people as they do, that give as much money charitably as they do, all of these things. Well, who is the government to say that they know better what to do with that person's money than that person does? Does our, does our government have any multi-billion dollar companies that they've built? Pretty sure no. Pretty sure no. In fact, nothing our government does is profitable. Right. Nothing. There is no profit center other than taxation. Right. Anyway, that aside, um, you want to... So Musk is a great example of, of what I will suggest here and that he just got agitated with a bunch of the bull crap out in California and he's moving operations to Texas. Mm -hmm. SpaceX is there. He may or may not go ahead and take his Tesla factory there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, let's, let's crap all over the titans of industry who create jobs and do things and they will pack their shit up and leave. Yeah. And then we'll, wait, wait, we were just kidding. Um, I think... Just my opinion, because I, I really think there needs to be a, a physical something meaningful to happen when someone in Congress says something stupid. I mean, fraternities have the, the line of spankings and things, right, for oh, initiation. Back to feeling spanky, yes. Yeah. Well, evidently, it's a spanky episode. <laughs> um, I think when somebody introduces something so ignorant in Congress... They get a spanky? No, they should. everyone should get the opportunity, just using two fingers, to just just pop, pop, slap that person on the mouth just a little bit. Not like a full rare back and slap, like a golf slap type of a yeah. golf clap slap thing. Oh, just pop, okay. And, and it should just be a, a, a procession, like a receiving line of... Of Congress people who just go by, shh, shh, stop. Yes. Now, in these days of COVID, I hope you put on your gloves before you do that. You're like, late. Well, they're wearing a mask. And you oh, would okay. use hand sanitizer Good. as okay. soon as you I feel them. much more comfortable. Yeah, there's it. always a responsible way to do a responsible thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fun fact about Senator Elizabeth Warren. She may be the senator from Massachusetts, but she's from Oklahoma City. She's mm. a graduate of Northwest Classen High School. Which breaks my heart. Well, your achy breaky heart? No, because I don't have one of those. I'm going to tell Billy Ray on you. Well, tell Billy Ray. I have another. I will, I will go off. Clap, slap his mouth. Okay, good. Yes. You shush. You shush, sir. You've, you've ruined it. you sang it too many times. <laughs> Another trending for you. He's the MC Hammer of country because of that song. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Another trending for you and for the people who are listening, Pope Francis, the mm -hmm. Holy Father, is in Iraq. Would you like to tell the people what you thought I was saying? As, as Meg was bringing this to my attention... <laughs> It isn't what I thought you said. Meg said, Pope Francis in Iraq. And I said, Pope Francis in Iraq? And then I, my mind runs and I'm like, well, the Pope sits on the seat of St. Peter. St. Peter's identified <laughs> the as the rock. Yes. What you, is he like now? I'm not just the rock. I'm any rock. And I was like, what are you talking about? You were so confused and agitated. Yes. I kept saying, Pope Francis is in Iraq. And then you were like, what? Why? What are you saying? Yes. And then she went on about how other people were disapproving. I'm like, I am too. Pick one rock. You have the best one. Why do you need all of them? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't breathe. Um, but truly, this is a record breaking, like historic trip. I shouldn't say mm -hmm. record breaking, but it is a historic trip. 
to Eroth. Um, now, the, the thing that's interesting about this is that many, if not most, of Pope Francis's advisors, the Vatican inside crowd, they did not want him to go, number one, because Iraq is a hotspot for COVID uh, transmission and yeah. uh, infections happening there. Surely he's received the, the shots, right? Well, I'm sure he has, but here's the thing. you got to think about the people, the Iraqi Christians, and it's a small population. The whole reason he went is because, um, I want to say it's Chaldean or Chaldean. I could be mispronouncing either way. The Christians of Iraq that had been there literally, literally since St. Thomas came and evangelized mm-hmm. what is now um, the country of Iraq, uh, they've dwindled down to minuscule numbers because yeah, of ISIS. By dwindled, do you mean murdered? No, but murdered, martyred, exactly. Yeah. Well, murdered and also fleed the country. So, sure. like, yes. And so he went, he wants to go as an encouragement and morale boost to them. But his advisors, I think, were rightfully saying, but you've got to think about if this is already a hot spot and the people are coming out to see you, of course, because it's the Pope coming to Iraq, that it could be problematic. But he was insistent. He wanted to go. He wanted to see the people to encourage them in person um, and to further promote, uh, hopefully, better relations amongst the uh, Muslim people who are non-ISIS practicers of Islam there and the very tiny Christian population that's there. Okay. So that's a thing to know. It's trending. I never bring trendings to the table. It's not entirely true, but you did bring that one. Yeah. Um, It's time for World Watch, Read, Listen, Lifestyle. And you have a watch. I previously mentioned that I was interested in the Netflix documentary, Murder Among the Mormons. I started watching it today, as I mentioned at the top of the show, not feeling great. Actually laid down. I never do that. But I was feeling so terribly. I laid down. Netflix was on the Roku suggesting to me, hey, 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 you like true crime? We got Murder Among the Mormons. It's number two trending in the nation right now. We got Mormon crime. Yeah. The best crime. (laughs) Maybe. Um, It's actually produced by the BBC, and it is fantastically well done. Now, we do have a not small number of awesomes who are Mormon, and I want to, of course, make it clear that anyone watching this would understand this is, like, not all Mormons. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, but it's so, like, I was not I, I was not entirely sure what the whole, like, inciting action of this story is, this murder among the Mormons, but it has to do with a historical document that surfaced in the 80s, and what the fate was of these men who found these historical documents related to Mormon history. Spoiler alert, it's murder. And then like what happened after that. So okay. I'm just, I'm here to tell you, I watch a lot of true crime. I love true crime. This documentary is fantastic. And I do think it's sensitive to the people of the Mormon faith. It's not condescending. It's very, I think it's very fair handed towards Mormonism in general, but the the true crime element of it is fascinating. So you think it's kinder than the real life story I told the other day of hearing the squeaky wheels while I sat in the living room and read, and then the two Mormons attacking me at the front door? <laughs> yeah, it's much, much. Better. I don't think they were representative of the entire faith. I think they'd had enough of hot weather and bicycle riding. It's possible. And hey, some people just like to fight. I would assume there's probably rednecks amongst the Mormons. Oh, I think I think you're right. Yeah. When it was all said and done, I mean, we shook hands and 
We did not share a beer. They couldn't they have one. do that, but so yes, they appreciate They the looked offer. longingly at mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we have nothing to read or listen to today, but we do have a few lifestyle things. Mm-hmm. One, we got not one but two shipments today. I had a humidor arrive, and I had the cigars arrive that will go in said humidor. Yep. And it's not a small quantity, and I'm not ashamed of that. No. There were quite a few in there. Yeah. Um, a couple boxes and then some extras and stuff and things. Uh, brands Perdomo, Camacho, Monte Cristo. How is it that cigars have such fantastic brand names? Beautiful names. I love it. And they all smelled amazing, and I'm looking forward to smoking one tonight. Yes, sir. Why are you looking at me? Because it's your turn now. You're going to make me say this. No, you can say whatever you want. You were you had this offering, and you made me scroll back through my notes to get back to the lifestyle section so that I could give you the opportunity to share your lifestyle. Here's a thing. I don't know why I do this. It's not the first, probably not the last time I've done something like this. When I don't feel good, and I, I have like a lot of insecurities about taking a time to take care of myself, whether it's lay down or whatever, when I don't feel good. I project my insecurity onto you. Yes. And I begin to perceive that you are not okay if I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing. I need to go to therapy over that, I feel like. Well, it's possible. So even though I was the one that was not feeling well today, I continually asked you more than once, apparently. Apparently, you're saying it like you don't believe that it happened. I don't remember. It was literally the third time you were like, are you okay? I was like, "Are you, yes, I'm fine. Yes, that because was how you answered it. I was, I was, the first time I was like, yeah. And the second time I was like, what the hell are you trying to say? You you think something's wrong with me? What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. And then the third time it was just too much. Yeah. Um, I believe even biblically there's a magic thing about three. So <laughs> That's not really a lifestyle suggestion. Don't do that to your partner. Well, that's it's annoying. That's the lifestyle suggestion is don't do that. Yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. You brought it up. I didn't force you I, to share that. I, it's, that's all true. You were going to keep that all to yourself. I'm used to suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't believe that. Yes. Um, all I can say is they're wrong. Okay. What else? Anything else? Um, I think that's everything. I'm looking forward, believe it or not, to washing the Jeep tomorrow. Hopefully, well, today as you listen, um, we're past the rain. It's filthy. It's a filthy Jeep right now. I feel guilty that I've let Lola get so dirty. She doesn't deserve that. But I did get new floor mats for her. Wait, did we mention that? Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, they're nice. Something else that's problematic is it rained just a little bit, and it, like, stirred up all the dirt that was on our vehicles. It was so nasty. Not enough to wash it off, just to beat it up. Mm -hmm. So that's icky. Anyway, that's it, and that's that? Yep. All right. Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the end of the broadcast. Beep, bop, boop. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.